Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney. My name is Matt. I'm Courtney. Courtney, we are back. We're back. It has been a long time, but we have put out a lot of interviews in our feed lately that we did yes. at Inacall. So That's right. I hope you listeners are enjoying those a little bit. Where were we? We have been in the middle of the United States of America. Pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. We were in Nebraska <laughs> yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we were... Uh, at a conference, we did a keynote and a breakout session with some of the most awesome people that we've ever met. Yeah, we had so much fun. NDLA, you all rock. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So good, so good. Uh, so we we talk about that all the time. We 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 have learned a lot of of what is going on in other places other than Maine. Yeah, which is always nice to see. It is, and it's so nice to just. That like I I love when I see the like the relief and the joy on other people's faces when they finally hear someone talking like the same language as them. Exactly. And it just makes me so happy. And I get so excited when I hear or when I see people like making connections with the things that they're doing to things we're talking about. Absolutely. And it's just it's really when awesome. You, when you saw that actually happen. Yes. And the the best part was when when we were doing our breakout session. And we were doing something about learning menus, which we've talked about on, yes. on the pod before. Yeah, this and was awesome. when we do our breakout sessions, of course, we try to embed you in the learning opportunity, right? right. So right. you actually have to do stuff. Like we tell a little <laughs> bit, we explain it, uh, we go through it, and then we have you practice it. Yeah. You know, just the way we kind of try to do our classrooms. And one of the people was like, well, I didn't really think you were going to actually make us do stuff. <laughs> And nobody, like, did anything for a minute. And then they're like, yeah. oh, I guess they're serious. Yeah. It's so funny. It was yeah, so, funny. so funny. It was like, and then it was really awesome yeah. is what they said after that. And I was yes. like, yep, that's yes. how we do it. This is how we do it. So yeah. it was really cool. And so thank you, Nebraska. Thank you so much, NDLA. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to continue a series that we kind of started a while back. About grading. Yeah, I know. I kind of feel like we could keep going on this, right? Talking about the do-dos and the don't-dos of personalized learning. Thank you for saying that. You're welcome. Got to say it. So we're going to talk today a little bit about scoring scales. Yeah, see, I thought you were actually going to segue into scoring scales from talking about the breakout session we did. Because something that happened in the session was that um, one participant was working with the learning menu that we had given her. And she called me over and, well, I, maybe she didn't call me over. I might have just been doing the teacher thing and, like, checking in with everybody, which as an aside, like, freaks people out, too. Like, when we, because we totally take on the role of teacher or facilitator and treat people as if they were learners. Now, like, we totally give the caveat, like, look, if you're on Facebook, like, whatever, I get it. Like, right. <laughs> like we're adults, you can manage your own learning time. But, yeah, we walk around, we check in, we ask questions. So I was checking in with this one woman. It was definitely freaking people out, by the way. Yeah. I could see their faces like, okay. oh, she's coming. I know. Well, <laughs> it was cool. It's fine. Okay, like, so I, go on, go on. Anyway, Sorry so, I, so, <laughs> so, you know, I came over to her, and we were talking a little bit, and she was kind of, instead of, like, she had kind of gone through the learning menu, checked it out, and then she was starting to work on connecting the learning menu to a scoring scale. And it was, like, the most beautiful moment Ever. Interesting. Because she was like, this really reminds me of this stuff we did with Marzano. Someone came from Marzano and they talked about scoring scales. They actually said like a lot of the same stuff you were saying. And at first I thought maybe it was that she had actually been trained by someone else. I know it turns out it was. Mm -hmm. I do know the person she was 
that actually visited her district, but it's not the first night I thought it was. It, it was really funny, yeah. But um, anyway, I was like, yes, learning menus line up directly with scoring scales. And it was just this beautiful moment of this is a practical way to make those scoring scales relevant and useful and meaningful for teachers and for learners. And I just, I just wanted to slam dunk. And I was like, take this knowledge and go. Share the wisdom. Beautiful. Yeah, it was awesome. Beautiful. So I thought maybe it would actually be a good idea to talk about scoring scales. Because okay. in addition to that amazing experience, um, I, had, I was involved in a discussion with other coaches last night. Mm -hmm. And scoring scales were mentioned once or twice. And... Um, the context in which they were mentioned and the way they were talked about um, was not the way I approached the use of scoring scales, and it was not the way I believe scoring scales are meant to be used. Okay, so let's talk about the ones that the, that you had the discussion with about how it's not how you don't think it's supposed to be used. Okay. So the coach, we were asked the question to kind of brainstorm as coaches, what kinds of things would we be doing with teachers in a planning meeting? And so like it went from group to group. We were all in different places around the state of Maine. It was like, you know, technology, amazing. But um, it can work, people. So, <laughs> um, so one of the groups said things like, well, helping teachers write learning targets, helping teachers make scoring scales and that's where like for me i was like red flag red flag okay why do you think i thought i didn't say anything i just let because that wasn't the point of the conversation so right. like what why matt you know me why do you think and i'm pretty sure you would have a red flag if you heard this too but did yeah. as you were saying that i was like oh yeah <laughs> right it's kind of like your eyebrows go up a little and you're like hmm? so, so like you probably want more information but if you had to just assume the worst, which which I am right now because do. <laughs> I don't know anything else. Yeah. I don't know anything else about this conversation. So why would your why, why are would teachers you be making their own learning targets? A. Why are teachers making their own scoring scales? B. Yes, both of those things. Yeah. Why are individual? Yes. Why? Why are individual teachers doing that? Yeah. Why? By themselves. Yes. And that I assume that's the context. Yes, that's the context, and that's exactly what my okay. Ah, yeah, the my red flag internal is. Woo! <laughs> sirens. <laughs> that's exactly what it was. Okay. So, what was the result of that, or what were the other people talking about it at the same time? So, it, actually. What was the context, I guess? Yeah, the context is we were talking about what a coach might do as they were supporting a teacher during planning time. Okay. So, like, if I were to set up time with a teacher and, like, hey, let's plan together for your upcoming whatever, um, what are some things I might be doing? And Okay. Okay. So was it – was the question that I could help teachers – develop those yes. things? Yes. Yeah. So that's what the, this particular coach, oh, group of coaches has said, that that's okay. one thing that we could possibly do during planning, like pre-unit, okay. is to help teachers develop learning targets and scoring scales. Uh, okay. Yeah. So did you like jump in here? Because I no. would imagine you were like twitchy. I got, I did get a little twitchy. I don't know if the people with me noticed that, but I did get a little twitchy. I did not jump in because that was not the point of the conversation. Gotcha. Yep. Right? Fair but enough. This Fair is enough. about coaching and what you might be doing. And so I was just kind of like, mm, note to self. <laughs> like, okay. Misconception. But um, no, it's so my twitchiness and the warning flags was because 
For targets that are consistently measured and used for reporting, and for scoring scales that support those targets, they should not be made up by individual teachers. Right. You need to have a, um, an equitable and viable curriculum, mm -hmm. right? And so your learning targets and the scoring scales that define those learning targets are what make up your equitable and um, viable curriculum in a proficiency-based or competency-based system. Mm -hmm. So hearing one teacher making up the target, making up the scale, that doesn't fit. Right. That, makes me think perhaps in this environment, they understand the value of these things. And I, I kind of want to go off on a little Marzano tangent in a minute, because I think this is where that all comes from. Okay. Um, that yes, there should be clarity and there should be learning targets. And yes, there should be some kind of scale that learners can use to measure their progress against, but it has to be the same in every classroom. Every okay. learner in every in a district or school that comes in contact with that target needs to have the same exact um, expectations. So go off on your tangent a little bit because I guess yeah. I'm going to say, but you may be about to. I say I might it. be about to say it. Well, let's yeah. see. Is it about um, Marzano's number? I think it's um, strategy number one: clear and effective. No, I, I would need the thing, but it's about. So he recommends one of the strategies in the um, eye observation framework or the. Mm -hmm. I think there's another word art, for it, Art too. and science of teaching. Art and science of teaching yeah. framework is um, to provide learners with scoring scales. Yeah. And that is a different kind of scoring scale than um, what we talk about or I talk about as the scoring scale that really anchors a target. And gotcha. that's where I think – so if I were if, – if the conversation were about that rather than just coaching moves, I would have asked a bunch of questions. Mm -hmm. right? I would have said – can you say more about what what that scoring scale would look like? Because okay. if they're just putting up on the board something like zero, I don't get it at all, one, I kind of get it, two, uh, I think I get most of it, three, I've got it, four, I could teach it to someone else, fine. That's something different altogether. It's kind of more like, a, I was thinking, more like a learning goal yeah. for, for the day. Right. Rather than a target, as we call it, which is right. like a standard or, or an expectation or whatever you yeah. want to talk about. Yeah. So there's some language issues there. Right. But I think one I think that's a step along the way. Uh, right? Uh, Teachers oh, totally. making that stuff because because yeah. you're right. From Mar Marzano kind of explains that, but if you think about the way schools used to be, right? Yeah. That they're just uh, taught by the teachers. There's really no curriculum other than here's the algebra book, right. here's Get, the science book, here's, here's the, here's the basal fifth reader. grade yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then you move on. And there's no coherent overall district strategy, as it were, right? right? So there's no progression of learning. Right. And that progression of learning is what you're talking about yes. when they're, all teachers need to be teaching the same target at the same rigor to all the kids. Right. Not necessarily at the same time. But, but not at the same time. Yes. Yeah. But that's the expectation that that's what you'll go through. Right. Not I have Miss Belolan and these are her expectations and you kids have Mr. Shea and those are his expectations. Right. And there might be different. They probably are similar, yet they are definitely going to be different. Right. Because they're individuals. Right. So, like this, so this reminds me of when I was still teaching in the classroom. Um, it was when I had trans transitioned from an English, from a seventh grade English teacher to literacy specialist. So at that point, I was still working with learners, right? And the school I was in had just kind of transitioned to standards-based practices, standards-based grading. So we all had standards. But the targets 
really kind of were what we called the targets from day to day or week to week. Yeah, we more or less made up ourselves. Right. Right. And so it's so like this could absolutely be where that that school or that coach's learning environment is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a step along the way. And then eventually you get to the point where you're like, no, everyone – because what I'm saying those targets are, if I have not collab- collaborated with my colleagues to break down that standard, um, they could be totally different. And what I'm coming up with as the scale that learners are reflecting against, while reflecting is an amazing practice, and that's do that, put up the f- four stars and say, like, rate yourself out of four stars where you are with this learning. But if you're going to attach any kind of assessment that speaks to proficiency on the target that you're going to record and report on, um, it needs to be uh, vetted and agreed to upon by the learning community, not just by one teacher. As a step along the way, do you think that schools or districts in that situation will could, could potentially come up with that organically? Like realizing that if we're teaching the same thing, you and I teaching the same thing, but eventually we realize all of a sudden, wait, why aren't we teaching the same stuff to the same kids? Right. Even if it's at different times, we're, yeah. we're, let's say we're even aware of that, but it's like, holy moly, I went over this stuff and you went over that stuff. There's a problem. Right. It is. Do you think that it would be able to spur things on rather than a like a top-down situation where we need to build a progression mm-hmm. for the district or even for the school? You know what? I think it totally depends on the culture of the school. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going. It totally depends. So, like, if you're in the kind of place where it's, like, the collaboration light where people share, you know, like, oh, here's my unit on this. Here's my unit on that. Um, Yeah, I could see eventually over time. Eventually, right? But it would take a long time, right? But if you're more in a more collaborative space where it's, like, hey, the English team gets together, all the seventh grade English. And this is how we used we started working yep. in where I was. Yeah, all the seventh grade English teachers kind of get together, talk about the upcoming units, what and like do a little bit of planning together. I think then it's going to happen faster. I, I agree with that. But if you're in the place where no one shares and no one talks and this is my room, my castle, no. That does not sound like a fun place to work anyway. It doesn't. I don't think so. You no. Know? It's like I, I don't want to be yeah. in a place where I just shut the door and right. do my own thing, which let's say that's even a great thing. But then I don't talk to any of my colleagues yeah. about my profession. Yeah. It seems lonely. Right. Depressing. Right. I don't like that. And I think when schools are in either that like collaboration light or that, you know, stronger collaboration phase, um, I think it can work either way with it coming organically from the teachers saying we need this or from administration saying, hey, wouldn't this be a good idea? Because I think in I think it can work either way, right? You're going to have more people gung-ho about it if it comes from um, the teachers themselves. I mean, that, that's true no matter what the initiative is. But um, if, if the administration is keen to the culture and sees this and notices this and is hearing kind of the stirrings of it, then that's just opportune introducing. Agreed. I think there's another way, too, oh. as you were talking. Yeah. What about the kids? Oh, yeah. So you've got the kids moving from... <laughs> one grade to the next yeah, and realizing some of the kids in the class are like, geez, I've never gone over that before. And some kids are like, well, we did that. Yeah. And kind of, it's not directly coming from the kids at that point, but the teacher's like, 
That's weird. You all had Miss Bololan, and you guys all had Mr. Shea. This yeah. is something's weird here. Yeah. And then that spurs that conversation of, so what did you do right. last year yeah. to help prepare them for whatever grade I'm in now? And then it's like, oh, my God. No, I have problems then, with that statement that then, you just said. But well, <laughs> well, yes, but if you're yeah. in a school like that, okay. that right. will eventually turn that turn that tide a little bit. Well, maybe we could do this a little bit better. Yeah. And now you're another step along the way. Yes. Uh, yeah, I have problems with everything I just said, too. Okay. But I'm just thinking of, like, the first couple of schools I, I worked at, it was like, right. it was that way. Yeah. It was like, you know, you, the, my job as a seventh grade teacher is to prepare them for eighth for grade eighth teaching. Grade, yes. And on and on it goes until they graduate. And, uh, God, that no, that makes no sense. It doesn't make sense. But that's the way we do school. Yeah. In a lot of places. So, all right. So let's just briefly, we do have another episode where we talked at length about how to set up a scoring scale that we're talking about that is kind of yes. like the anchor of um, reporting and assessment. So Absolutely. We'll have to link back to that one so you can go and listen to that. Yes. Um, but the gist of it is is that, um, well, the, the scoring scales we use, although if you listen to our last episode, we both actually on our own if we had our own way we would not have four point scoring scales but in the districts we work in we do so let's talk about that one right? we don't run the world yet not yet no <laughs> lengthy pause lengthy pause <laughs> that was good anyway yeah so level three equals proficient um you define proficient with a level of rigor. Um, both of us use the Marzano new taxonomy to do that. And then the level two is the foundational pieces or the steps that lead up to the three. Those are also defined with a level of rigor that are usually a less complex level of rigor than um, the level three. That is not always true for procedural knowledge. We can do a whole other podcast on that if you like. Yeah, we will. Um, and then the level one is something like with help, why bother with a zero? And then the four right. is exceeding, which is a more complex level of rigor than the score three. It is not another target. It is not putting more glitter on right. your poster. Same target, higher Same rigor. target, higher rigor. Okay. Yeah, so that's just super quick, the scoring scale we're talking about. Um, and those should be made up by teams. Vertical, like multi-grade level, as mm -hmm. well as multiple people serving a single grade level. Yep, absolutely. Yes. Okay. All right. uh, do we have news? Let's talk about some news. All right. What are we doing two weeks from now? We will be... From right now. From right now. I'm pretty sure we're going to be driving on our way. We will be in, we'll be in right now. Massachusetts? Depends what time we leave. New York. <laughs> Let's go with the Connecticut. Connecticut. That's a good middle one. That's a good. We'll be in We're Connecticut, Connecticut on our way to. On our way to um, Atlantic City. Atlantic City for the yeah. Mid-Atlantic Personalized Learning Conference. Yeah, we will be there as the podcast hosts. We will be potting and interviewing people. So um, I believe registration is still open. It's, you know, if you're within, hey, we're from Maine, and we're within driving distance of exactly Atlantic right. City. You have so, no excuse. <laughs> that's right. If we're if, going, if you can go. If you're within, let's say, eight and a half hours. You can make it. You, that's what we're doing. 
Sorry. Come on over. Yeah, it's um, make, yeah. Let's. I think we should work on making this like you know the big hub of personalized learning on the East Coast. I agree. Why not? I agree. Yeah. So come join us there, and then. Um, and you'll hear all those interviews on our on our feed. Yes, just um, like just similar, like we did with Anika. Just like Anika, we'll yeah, release might, some. Might of take those. some time. Yeah. But, uh, we don't want to dump all of them at once. We did that last year. Yeah, and it was. Uh, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. So we've been trying to do it and spread them out a little bit more right. to get yeah. get them more noticed because they're they're fantastic people to talk to and they have yeah. some great ideas and we want to share them and not give them one giant.